You're listening to the Teach Them Diligently podcast, where we're all about biblical parenting and excellent home education. For more information and to access show notes and additional resources, visit us at teachthemdiligently.net. What does family life really look like through the different phases of homeschooling and launching our children out into the world to pursue God's plan for their life on their own? How has the explosion of homeschooling impacted Christian families who are missional in their pursuits? And how can a heart-schooling paradigm actually change the trajectory for Christian homeschooling families? Hey there, I'm Leslie Nunnery, and on this episode, David and I will be delving into the importance and distinctions of a teach-them-diligently heart-schooling mindset in the current homeschooling landscape. We're going to discuss the challenges of navigating an overwhelming array of curriculum choices, the shifting demographics of homeschoolers, and the importance of being distinctly rooted in a biblical worldview. Homeschooling has grown at an alarming rate over the past several years, and I suspect we're all feeling the change. There are more resources to wade through, more competing voices vying for our attention, and more opportunities for our families than we could ever take advantage of. So on today's episode, we'll talk about how to make sure that your family is staying true to the calling that God has given you. Through personal examples and practical applications, David and I are going to be breaking all of this down for you, and I'm so excited to have you join us. One of the best ways to stay focused and intentional in the choices you make as a family is to be grounded in your own convictions and to fully understand why you're doing what you're doing. David and I refer to Christian homeschooling as heart schooling because we know that our mission is first of all to parent our children biblically and then to use homeschooling as an incredible tool to build strong relationships and to prepare our children to walk through whatever doors God opens for them in the days ahead. I wrote the heart school book to help you find the words to describe what you know in your heart you're called to do. It shows you how to set up your homeschool with the hearts of your children in mind. For we know that if we gain their minds and educate them well, but we lose their hearts, we've lost the war. With heart schooling, though, you'll find that focusing on the heart, first of all, strengthens your platform and your resolve for the academic side of homeschooling. It truly is a win-win. I invite you to check out the heart school book today. You can get a digital copy for only $5 at teachthemdiligently.net forward slash book or visit the show notes for a link to pick up a physical copy. I truly believe you'll find this short book to be transformational for your family and for your homeschool. Now, let's get to our topic for today. Hey, you guys, welcome back. We actually took a good bit of time off. We had a lot going on around here for the last several months. We had our daughter got married in December. There's been a lot of activity. I mean, there's been a lot. If you followed along in the emails in our newsletter, you've heard me and you actually talk about the fact that we had one get married in July. Our son, Peyton, he got married in July. And then we, our daughter got married December 8th. And then various other just different stuff that's going on, just the different challenges that any family deals with, put all that on top of, you know, the marriages. And it's been pretty crazy around here. Been crazy though. It's been a lot of fun. We've said all along the way that every new stage of parenting that we've gotten to do, 
going from littles to middles to middles to bigs and so on. Every new stage has been our favorite. And so far, this parenting adults phase, though very, very different. And strangely, in some ways, more time consuming. (laughs) It's a really weird dynamic. But it has proven in the short time we've been able to do it with new marriages and all this stuff. Again, we're seeing this is becoming my favorite stage uh, with the kids hopping in and out. Recently, my son and daughter-in-law came over, taught us how to make sushi. You know, it's just, it's fun to now get to kind of morph into being really good friends as well as parents and getting to do stuff as couples. It's a really, really neat thing. And just again, goes to show that God's plan for families is so beautiful and so wise. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's in, it's not without stress, mm-hmm. right? I mean, because there's changes that are happening. We now, we had four living with us. Now we have two kids living with us. But at the same vein, we kind of picked up two more, you know? So there's an expansion that has happened in our family and we've welcomed them in and we love them to death. But the changes have been, it's it's had a little bit of stress involved with it. And just just everything from, our daughter moving out and and thinking about that scenario and she works for us as well. So she'll be at the events. And so everybody will be able to see her and her new husband. And then, you know, so it there's all those that have young kids now and you'll see what we're talking about. And I've seen like seems like I've been saying that a lot, especially when I'm talking to fathers. You just wait. It it it's it's it, it's very much the definition of bittersweet. And you love the fact that you have these new members of your family that are coming in. This is what we prayed for. I mean, we have prayed actively for our kids to find this next person and this person that they love and to actually find them when they're young. And it's the Lord has answered the prayer. And so it's just an amazing thing. And we're very blessed to be a part of it, but it's not without a level of stress to it. It's not without a little bit of concern. It's not without a little bit of, you know, uh, uh, changes and there's always that kind of stuff, but you just, you still love it. And, and, and you, it's like that with every single stage the kids go through. Yeah. I don't think that I would say that it's stressful. I think that's the wrong word. I think that there's apprehension because you're letting go of a season moving into a very different new season. So there was a lot of apprehension. You're noting that it is the definition of bittersweet is dead on, but I haven't felt that it was stressful. Some of the event, you know, the event prep for the weddings and stuff like that. There's been some stress and some moments there, but but for the most part, there's just, what is this going to look like? What are our new traditions going to be? How are these families going to wed together? And in the very small amount of experience that we've had with it so far, it's really cool. Highly, highly recommended. So anyway, that's where we've been. We've been doing a lot of growing family-wise, a lot of really cool things as God has been taking us from one season of life into the next. But with that break really came a lot of time to pray and focus and, and really get very strategic about the podcast and the Sunday night email and even our events in 365 and what, as God has grown us, what does this mission that he has given us look like moving ahead? And just really 
God has has reinforced a love of what we get to do, a passion for serving families and passing on the the things that he's taught us sometimes, a lot of times through, you know, stubbing our toe on things, but just different things that he's taught us through the years, things that we've been able to learn from other mentors and stuff and being able to pass those on and share those to hopefully shorten the path for you guys as you're learning and growing and and you know, kind of going from season to season, just like we are. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a cheat, like a cheat code, right? I mean, you, you uh, listen to us and we tell you the different pitfalls and the things that we've run into, and maybe that will help you. Maybe that'll encourage you. Maybe that will be something that you'll be able to put away for future. And which is a re- part of the reason why we talked about the marriage to start, start this off is it's a very different feeling, but it's not a bad feeling. No, it, it is a great thing. And, and that was part of the reason why we started off talking about it is because you have children right now, they're going to be getting married and you're going to be dealing with the same thing. And it helps you guys to actually hear us talk about it. And we're changing the name of the podcast. It's no longer going to be homeschooling families. It's going to be teach them diligently, which really is just kind of going with the current, to be honest with you, because we were, we struggle with, with calling it homeschooling families anyways, because it's, the Teach Them Diligently podcast, and there for a while it was called Homeschooling Families by Teach Them Diligently, and we just made the decision, let's just call this thing what it is. It's the Teach Them Diligently podcast. Yeah, and it just, again, through the time that we've had to really, really pray and focus in and seek God's face for what this, what is our mission and how do we do it to the best of our abilities as we are seeking to follow the Lord? really leaning into teach them diligently, leaning into that idea of biblical parenting and excellent home education. That's really what our heart is for you guys. That's heart school that we talk about all the time. And we're gonna you're gonna hear a lot about that because we we have seen how God uses a heart schooling paradigm to strengthen families, you know, starting with our own to really give the kids an excellent education to to direct steps of parents as we're investing in the lives of our kids. And so we're really excited in the days ahead to to work out some of that and to bring in guests that can add their insight and their helps to it as well. And just really excited about what the Lord has in store for us. You know, we homeschooling has grown magnificently, as we all know, over the last several years since really COVID broke everything. It was already trending up. COVID broke everything. And it just exploded. But out of that has come a lot of actually downsides. Not all good has come from this massive explosion in homeschooling. And today we wanted to talk about that a little bit because it is by examining some of those things that we're really going to see what the distinctions are and what really makes a teach them diligently mindset. Uh, teach them diligently mission within your family and how that can can really impact the decisions that you're making and really the results that you're going to get. Yeah. I, so homeschooling, the problem is so much different from that that families face. Like if you were making the decision to homeschool in the 80s, you were faced with this this problem of is it legal? And you were constantly trying to run from the authorities or there was fear in taking your kids out during the day. And then when you ended up in the 90s, you had this sense of, okay, I want to homeschool. What curriculum am I going to use? And it really was only a few choices. And it was all about finding the curriculum that was available. And 
there wasn't really that much available. So it was like finding whatever was available that was out there. And then when you got into the 2000s and 2010 and, tw- you know, now you Google homeschool curriculum and you get like 30, 40,000 different options. And so the problem that you face now is I have all of this information. Who do I listen to? Not only do who do I listen to, but of all these different options that I have for homeschooling, which ones do I use? It's like you are overwhelmed with the, the amount of options that you have. And that's a big problem that homeschoolers face because you're coming into this feeling kind of insecure about it anyways. And then you're, you need to make a decision about what curriculum and who you're going to listen to out of thousands of different resources and people that are talking about this. And in the last few years, homeschooling has really taken off in population. There's a lot of disagreement about just how fast it's grown, but everybody seems to agree that it's at least doubled in size. Mm -hmm. And so previous to the pandemic, 2020, homeschooling was growing at about a 6% clip per year. And so like every, you know, six or seven years, it was basically doubling. It was kind of getting to the point where it was doubling every six to seven years. Well, in 2020 and 2021, it doubled in basically a year, year and a half. And so you had six to seven years of growth in one year. Right, and right. so it just blew up. And it came out of families actually realizing what was being taught in the schools. Yeah. It came out of what's called the woke doctrine, you know, these the 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 concepts that are that are being taught in the schools today are just, you know, they're you say what you want about them. I mean, they are really atrocious. And, and then just you get away from that and it's the same old failing schools. Are they really teaching anything to the children? The bullying, the teachers that are kind of hostile to the students, not being able to express your faith in the schools. So the schools are, in some cases, hostile to your faith. And so you pull all that together, and during the pandemic, 18-month period, it doubled in size. Mm -hmm. And there was a huge influx of homeschoolers, but not as many of those homeschoolers that were coming into the homeschool population as in the past were Christian. Right, right. You know, when... When we first started homeschooling, when probably many of you first started homeschooling, it almost was synonymous. Like if you homeschooled, the assumption was that you were a Christian. That's the way it was when we were when we were first starting. And it wasn't that wasn't always the case. There were non-Christian, there were secular homeschoolers then, but but it was it was a pretty safe assumption. Yeah. Secular now, homeschoolers were rare. Yes. Now, however, that has really, really been diluted. You can't, there is no natural assumption if you homeschool your Christian, because with all of the things that David just mentioned, n- not to mention the the fear of safety, the the bullying, the you know, cyberbullying and so and physical bullying that's happening in schools, the trafficking, all of these terrible things, people of all belief systems, all worldviews, all backgrounds are starting to see that if they want the best for their kids, there's a safety involved in bringing them home. With that change, though, comes a real opportunity for those of us who 
are missional in why we do what we do. We aren't just running away from all of those things. We are running to the fact that homeschooling is a great tool to build relationships with our kids, to give them a foundation for their faith, and to prepare them well to walk through whatever door God opens for them in the days ahead. So because we actually have that mission, we have the opportunity to be distinct. And it is absolutely imperative that as a Christian homeschool family in today's environment, in today's world, that you are distinct. It is getting to the point, because it is so diluted, our co-ops are diluted, our you know, rec league, um, athletic associations, all of these things, your kids are going to be surrounded by kids who don't believe the way that your family does. And that's actually fine. That gives them the opportunity to talk and and to to do other things, to be to learn how to make their their faith very practical. But you do have to be aware of that and you do have to be very missional in what you're doing. One of the things that you were noting before, David, you were talking about the plethora of resources and curriculum that's available now. I actually did a podcast episode back the end of 2023 with Angela Odell, all about choosing curriculum that aligns with a biblical worldview. There's some really excellent points in there, excellent information. It's episode 264. We will give you the the link in the show notes, but if you just search for curriculum, Angela Odell, whatever in the, the podcast, it is episode 264. I really encourage you to listen to that because that's going to give you a lot of insight on how you dive into this massive pool of resources and curriculum and know what is truth and what is error and where you should really be, what what you should be bringing into your home. Yeah. it's so uh, the other thing that has kind of changed is the way you would define what a homeschooler is. You know, in at, at one point, homeschooling was defined as mom sitting with the child at the kitchen table, basically, and going through curriculum. And so the mom was the number one teacher. And homeschooling has really changed now, which is part of the reason why you see so much variation in the population that people report on the number of homeschoolers out there. So for instance, like Teach Them Diligently, we talk about the number of K through 12 students being right in the range of 15 million. When you look online right now, the number is between 8 million and 11 million and that that you see most often it on on Google. which is incredible. I mean that those are incredible numbers pre COVID pre COVID the number that was most often quoted on Google when you search the population of K through twelve students that are homeschooling the number was right around three million. That's what you saw pre pandemic. Now I actually think the number pre pandemic was higher than that, but we're just going to go with what Google says. So they were actually. Quoting in what you saw most often on Google when you searched it was like 3 million. Now the number when you Google it that you see most often is right around 8 million to 11 million. I personally believe that the number is more like 15 million. And the reason why there's a differentiation there is because it's how you define what a homeschooler is. Do you define a homeschooler as those children that are doing public school at home? that they're at home, they're at the kitchen table, they're doing video classes, but they're at home and they're directed by the parents. Never mind what you think about the curriculum. Do you define that as homeschooling? Some people say no, some people say yes. You have Liberty Online Academy or you have various other 
academies out there that are online. A lot of people will not define if you go and you do any level of video education online full time, not just one class, full time. They don't qualify that as homeschooling. There's a lot of disagreement about university model schools. Is that homeschooling or is it not homeschooling? And a university model school is where uh, the kids will take classes two, maybe three days a week and then be home on the off days. So that is, it's set it up like a college class would be. Yes. And I, I mean, I could go on and on about all of the different variations and opportunities that parents have available to them now to that are outside of the traditional classroom model that they can use. Mm-hmm. And some people consider homeschooling, some people don't. The way we define homeschooling is the parent taking back control of the education decisions for their student. And so that actually takes into account all of these different variations that the parent is under control. I mean, if the parent is in control, the parent is making the decision about the grades that the student actually has. Like, for instance, our children would go to co-op and... They would get a a grade from the co-op, but at the end of the day, it was you and me that gave our kids the grade at at the end of the day. Yes, we were the ones that were signing their their reports and so on, yes. And so we would turn the grades in to the Mm -hmm. accountability association. We were under control. And so that's the way we would define what homeschooling is, is that the parent is taking back the decisions and the control of the education decisions for their children. Right. Right. And that's the way we would define it. And uh, that becomes pretty broad because you can be faith-based or you can be non-faith-based. You can be secular and then you can be Christian. It It's pretty broad. Yep. And again, going back to some statistics here, the number now is like 60% of homeschoolers are self-professing to be Christian. And when you and I first started, that number was like 80%. Right. Oh, at least. Yeah. Now, uh, we've, how long have we homeschooled? 11 years? Uh, years? More like 14, 15. Okay, 14, 15 years. I'm sorry. So that's when we were started. It was like 80%. And so there's been a lot of changes now. And so I guess this gets back to something that you, I've heard you say a lot, which is it's, it's no longer good enough to actually say that I'm a homeschooler and be representative and actually be descriptive enough of what you're trying to do in your home if you're a Christian. You actually have to go a lot further than that. Yeah, and that's that's really why we focus on heart schooling. Heart schooling is truly the kind of the intersection between really great parenting, biblical parenting that is focused on the hearts of your kids, giving them a foundation for their faith. But that's where it collides with excellent home education because as a parent on mission, we know that the heart and the head We've got to get both of them. Now, at the end of the day, if we reach their their minds, we give them the best education known to man, but we don't reach their hearts. We don't give them a foundation for their faith. We don't have a good relationship with them. We have lost the war. If we haven't given them what they need to stand in a an increasingly hostile world around them, we have lost the war. So as Christian homeschool parents on mission, which if you're listening to us, I believe that you are, you have got to identify as a hard schooler. It will help you line up the way that you think, the way that you order your day. It will help you make sense of even the way that you communicate the choices that you're making, because 
It's an entire paradigm shift from just looking at a homeschool line of things that we do. We do math, we do science, we do language arts, we do spelling, we do these things to now integrating this tool of homeschooling into your bigger mission, which is going for the heart of your child and preparing them well. Um, So it really, truly kind of getting that shift in your mindset from I am a homeschooler to I am a heart schooler gives so much peace, gives so much confidence in what you're doing that it will truly revolutionize It'll re- revolutionize the way that you approach everything else within your home. It's it's a phenomenal concept. So homeschooling is really a tool in terms of the gospel. I mean, it is about discipleship. And so what you're doing is you're trying to reach the the heart of your child, but you're doing this for the sake of the gospel. You're doing this as part of the Great Commission. You are trying to reach their heart. And you're not just trying to bring homeschooling or bring bring school home. You know, it, and and it's much deeper than than these academic subjects that people think about. And I actually was talking to a father yesterday, and he was telling me that he is an advocate for homeschooling. He wants to bring the kids home, but his wife is actually the resistance to this. And the reason why she's resisting it is because this idea of teaching the academic subjects scares her to death. Because she starts thinking about this in terms of, you know, if I fail, I really like ruin my children's life. My child's not going to know how to read. They're not going to be able to do math. They're not going to know where cities are. They're not going to be able to function in society. And they start thinking about this in terms of the academic subjects that they think the school is doing so well, but they don't think about the heart. And when you start defining this in terms of, what you're really trying to do is you're trying to reach the heart of your children. And homeschooling is a tool in order to do that. Because in order to do this thing that's called discipleship and reaching the heart of your children, you need time with them. You can't do this without time with them. And if you send them off to class, what is happening is, is that they're actually spending more time in a classroom than they are in their own beds at night. And you are massively reducing the amount of time that you have with your children. And so you don't have this opportunity to speak into their life anymore. You don't have this opportunity to talk to them when they are struggling with something and actually seeing it on their face as they're going through it. You don't see that as often because you're not around them as much. Another statistic that we've quoted often is that the average parent spends 34 minutes per day on average with their children. And I don't care how good of a parent you are. If you're only spending on average 34 minutes a day with them, it's really hard to speak into their life. Yeah. And that when when I first heard that statistic, it's actually 34 minutes of quality time. So it's not like you're in the same space. You're actually quality time together. I still I was like 34 minutes of quality time. How is that even possible? But then you back into it. The kids are getting on the bus super early, going off to school. They're there until, you know, three o'clock or so. A lot of them have music lessons or practices. You're running to and fro to different obligations because there's such a great fear of missing out with a lot of people that they're over-programmed. Very few families are eating meals together. So when you kind of start breaking it down like that, 34 minutes a day actually makes sense, as horrifying as that, that sounds. But as parents on mission, using homeschooling as a tool, it 
we, like David said, we have that time, but we have that intentionality too. We are now able to take all of these academic subjects, you know, history, science, literature, all of these different things now are not just things that we are teaching, things that our kids are learning, but these are tools that are opening doors for conversation that give us insights into the way they think, the way that they believe. We're able to use these as jumping off points to really have deep faith-filled conversations, helping them to apply what the Bible says to real-life situations. You're able to, you know, with history, take the good, the bad, and the ugly and show how God's hand can be seen through it all. This is a very practical way, and it's so natural to pass on your faith to your children while also teaching them in a way that they were created to learn. You know, when you look back through history, children have learned through conversation, through a very natural way of being exposed to information and then, you know, doing something with it, not just preparing for a test. And so now, so often in our schools, because everything is so data-driven, they are forced to largely teach two tests, get kids prepared for the next assessment. Whereas as homeschool parents, even on the education side, we're able to actually teach to mastery. We're able to teach them to where we know that they know it and they're ready to move on. It's a totally, totally different mindset, but it's super powerful in connecting with the way our kids learn, being able to tailor an education for them, which removes a lot of friction, strengthening your relationship with them, both inside your quote unquote classroom and outside. So hard schooling, even when you look at it academically, has so big of an upside. There's so many advantages to this relationally as well as academically. It's just, again, that's why it's the perfect intersection between physical parenting and excellent home education. So as I was talking to this father, I actually used one of your lines on him. And that was that because there was a lot of there was a lot of insecurity in, Mm -hmm. in can I really do this was a big part of the question that was coming back from his, his wife is, I don't know if I can actually do this. Like, I don't know if I'm capable. I don't know if I can be a teacher. I wasn't trained as a teacher. I don't know if I can do this. And so I came back with something that I've heard you say a lot. And actually you have put in your teach some diligently book, which is you've been teaching this way all along anyways. You're the one that taught them how to walk. You're the one that taught them how to do anything, how to eat at the table, how to uh, do anything. Right. Right. And so you are just really using the same methods in the same way to teach them these other things that they're going to need in order to live. That's really what's happening here is, is that you're bringing school, you're, you're bringing all this stuff home. And you're integrating it into what's already happening. Mm-hmm. And we actually talk a lot at our events. When So our events, they are billed as a homeschool event. Mm-hmm. And thousands of parents come every single year to come to a Teach Them Diligently event. And they are coming to it under the idea that I need to come into a homeschool event because I need to learn how to homeschool my children better. And they get there and they get on campus and they walk in the door and there's all these sessions on marriage and parenting. And actually what is the most popular sessions at our events? It's not how to teach math, how to teach reading. 
it's the marriage and the mm-hmm. parenting sessions. Well, and that's the 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 big secret is when you start homeschooling, the academic part is actually the easy part. There are so many resources. There are so many ways that you can attack that academic part. So you can fill in any shortfalls that you feel like you may have with a co-op, with an online class, with just incredible curriculums, so many options on the academic side. But what homeschooling will do when you bring those kids home, when everything is now in one spot, is you run the risk of it really accentuating where there were already weaknesses. The, the and you mean upside. weaknesses in, in the relationships, relationships in, uh, in structure, and the way that you're running your home, all kinds of stuff, because it's putting pressure that wasn't there before. The beauty, though, of looking at this as a missional call is you are able to address those things. You are able to actually utilize those opportunities to strengthen those relationships, to be very proactive and very missional. We teach... Yeah, we've done a parenting intensive with Heart School where we actually go through and try to help show people how getting your vision for your family, your goals, your mission, and then starting to line everything up behind that. Though it sounds so easy and commonsensical, when the rubber meets the road, that's a really difficult thing to do. But if you'll take the time to actually do it, the clarity of vision that you're going to get and the way that that will overflow into even the rhythm of your day the way that you handle the responsibilities around the house, the way that you handle the detours academically and taking the time to have heart conversations instead of staying on whatever is in your lesson plan. All of those things start to make an awful lot more sense. And so at that point, rather than being mom and or dad against the kids because you're in this teacher-student scenario, now you're on one team moving together towards this common goal of becoming more like Jesus, of actually being the family that God has called you to be, of getting prepared for whatever God has for you in the days ahead. You're able to bring your kids in on the mission and and communicate that and grow together. And it is a phenomenally transforming uh, way of, of living life, really. It's, it's not just a way of educating. It's a whole new way of living your life. So, I mean, if homeschooling, it, it Homeschooling overflows into every single other aspect of your life. It actually, you you can't stop it. You may try to stop it. You may actually think that there's something wrong, like you're doing it wrong if it's overflowing into your marriage and it's overflowing into the way that you parent. You may think that you're doing it wrong. You may think that if there's friction, that that means you're doing something wrong. Actually, you're not. What's happening is, is that homeschooling is revealing the weak points that were already there. And so now you are faced with this question of what am I going to do with this? And you have a choice. You can say, you know what, this is not working at all. And you can run from those problems and put everything back the way it was. Or you can say, we're going to solve this and you are going to benefit. Your children are going to benefit as well. So much more by taking the attitude of we are going to do what it takes to fix this. We're going to pray over this. We are going to address this as a heart problem, not as an academic problem. And we are going to actually change this situation. We are going to take these weak points that we have in our relationship that are now revealing themselves, and we are going to build them up 
and we're going to strengthen them so that we can stand and so that our children can actually grow further in the future. That's the whole point of this. And so if you're doing it right, it's overflowing into everything. And that's what you want. That's what you're after. That means that you're doing the right thing. And so don't actually resist this element of it overflowing. You can't cordon it off. You can't put it in a box. You can't have a schoolroom and then have school in there, shut the door, school's over, and not expect it to like overflow into everything else. It's going to happen. It's going to make the house a little messier. It's going to impact eating schedules. It's going to impact the way father integrates with what's going on. It's going to impact all the conversations and it's supposed to. And it's good. It's good because now everyone is aware of what everyone else is learning. I remember when, when we first started homeschooling, David was working outside of the home at that point. And so he would come in and it would be like dogpile daddy to show him or to tell him what we were learning that would overflow into our table conversation. And it just it, it has such a unifying force to it when you are allowing your life to become one whole instead of fractured pieces. So, again, that heart schooling lifestyle sees your life as a whole, your family as a whole. You are a family on mission. Homeschooling is now a tool, so it fits up under that mission. Your entire, everything that you do, all the conversations, all the academics, everything is pointing towards a single goal, single purpose. It clears up so much confusion and friction. We are running low on time, but I wanted to tell you before we go, just invite you to join us for an event. We have events coming up in May of 2024. We'll be in Pigeon Forge and Branson. Those are phenomenal events. You can learn all about them on our website. We also talk about them a lot through social media and stuff, so check those out. But then all year long, we are we have a membership called Teach Them Diligently 365 where you can plug in with literally over a thousand other homeschool moms who have the same mindset, the same set of goals, with very similar family structures. And we are constantly talking, communicating, growing together. There are messages flying around. We have times where we get together. We have retreats where we physically get together. We have special stuff on site. You also have access to on-demand resources from every event that we've ever produced. So over 3,000 workshops and videos that are there anytime that you need them. So if you have a question about homeschooling, heart schooling, really managing your family, how to make sourdough bread or how to have a homestead, we've got information in there from all of the events that we've done. And it's not just vanilla information. This is information where really deep principles are taken and they are tailored for homeschooling families just like yours. So I invite you to join us there. Again, you can learn about all of this stuff on our website. So I invite you to go there, connect with us. We would absolutely love to grow with you in the days ahead. And we hope that you have a great rest of your day. And we look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you found this episode to be very practical and encouraging and that you've got some great takeaways to start implementing in your heart school right away. 
Go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash podcast to catch up on all the episodes and to learn more about the other resources and experiences Teach Them Diligently offers families like yours. Subscribing and leaving a rating and review for the Teach Them Diligently podcast is a very practical way you can join in our ministry of encouraging Christian homeschool families around the country. Would you take a moment to leave us a five-star rating and a few sentences of review? It would mean the world to us if you would. Thanks in advance for your kindness, and we look forward to talking to you again real soon.